Thank you for being here today. Thank you for your worship. Our young people can be dismissed for their class. So glad for all of our guests today. Thank you for coming and being with us here on this beautiful Sunday morning. It's beautiful because this is the day the Lord hath made. Amen. This is God's day. I don't care what anybody else says. This day belongs to the Lord. Thankful for that. Thankful that you are here and that God is in this place today. If you have your Bibles for a few moments this morning, and uh, it could be a very few moments, or it could be, it just depends on how you take it. It could be the longest 30 minutes of your life. Or it could be the shortest. just depends on how you take it. Amen. So thankful for the Word of God that's powerful and alive. And it has talked to me. I hope that I can share with you a little bit of what the Lord has shared with me or spoken to me. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, 45, and 46. Jesus speaking said again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he has found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. And everybody said, Amen. I want to draw out of those verses the phrase, the kingdom of heaven. Many have tried to translate that particular phrase as to what it means. But probably the most accurate description of that statement could be simply, when God rules, this is what happens. When God rules. That's what I want to talk to you for a little while this morning. When God rules. Everybody said amen. You may be seated. Praise God. When God rules. When I first started looking at these particular parables a while back, I was caught off guard by what I discovered. I guess perhaps out of my own ignorance, um, I had always viewed the parable as from man's perspective, looking Godward. And perhaps there is truth in that, but there are some holes in that if you were to follow out the thought pattern of the uh, particular parables that Jesus gave there uh, about the treasure being hid. And uh, if you find it, you hide it and all of that. And so you can get lost in the details. But I come to discover that uh, it's very likely that these parables 
were actually from God's perspective to us. And the treasure is you. Amen. And the pearl is the church. And he has purchased it with a great price. And he has given a great deal for our lives. But irregardless of that take, what I do want to draw your attention to is the statement, again, the kingdom of heaven. It is like, and then he draws this picture, a parable, a window, so that we can get a glimpse as to how things are, ought to be when God rules. I, I, I don't want to argue the parable. I simply want to point out to you that when God rules, when God is in control, when his kingdom is the priority, then there are certain things that follow. There are certain things that happen as a result of God ruling. When God rules, when the kingdom of heaven comes, it is like unto a man who finds a treasure in a field. It is like a treasure hid in a field. And so with that in mind, I want to talk to you about when God rules. There are many conflicting views about life. And there are a lot of folks whose lives are messed up because of their particular take on life. For me, I have always been one that wanted to know what the author had to say. If I buy an IBM computer and I have a problem with it, I don't go to Apple to see if they can help me fix the problem. I go to IBM. If I buy a Ford motor vehicle, I don't go to the Chevrolet dealership to get them to fix it. Because they're not the author of that. They're, they're not the creator of that particular machine. Ford is. I want to go to the author. I, I want to go to the originator of the idea. And so when it comes to life, if you look around in the world in which we live, there are many opinions about how life ought to be lived and how life ought to be, and there are many views and there are many perspectives about life and how to live life to its fullest and how to enjoy and how to be happy and how to do this and that. But what I want to know is what does the author have to say about life? What does the creator of all of this have to say about me and about my journey here on this earth? Because what he has to say is far more important than what anybody else might say. And many times our life can be messed up because of that skewed view that we have of life when what we really need is for God to touch our eyes and our ears and our minds so that we can see and hear 
and we can receive what God is trying to say to us about life and about how to live life and how to enjoy life to its fullest. If you go back to the previous verse, verse 43, he closed by asking them a question or making a statement, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. It is important that you understand what I am trying to say to you. And God said, when I rule, there are going to be certain characteristics that mark your life. There, first of all, will be discovery of a treasure, a treasure that is of uh, inestimable value. The riches of the kingdom of God are beyond anything that I could describe to you this morning. When I think about the wisdom and the mercy and the grace and the goodness and the hope and the love and the joy and the peace and the healing and the help that I find in Him, I realize what a treasure it is to be involved in the kingdom of God and to be connected to this thing called His kingdom. Oh, the value of that kingdom. It will help you establish true values in your life. It will help you understand what matters and what doesn't matter. It will help you to discover that grace and mercy may be free, but they are not cheap. That it cost him greatly. And that you are going to enjoy that at a cost as well. You're not going to enjoy the blessings of the best life and not pay a price for that. Now I know that's contrary to conventional wisdom, but the fact is there was a discovery of a treasure in our passage. There was a discovery of something that was valuable. And when God rules, that's exactly what happened. You began to be awakened to what it is that you have been brought into. He said you have been brought into the company of saints. And there are angels and many others who surround us. A company and a host of witnesses that testify of his goodness and his mercy. I am thankful today for the kingdom of God. Amen. I am thankful for his kingdom today. And when God rules, that kingdom is going to mean more to you than anything else in this world. When God rules, then what goes on in this house is going to be more important than anything that goes on outside of this house. Amen. When you get your priorities right and God rules and God reigns, then the treasure is going to be the focal point. And you will do whatever you have to do to maintain that treasure. And you will do whatever you have to do to not lose that treasure from your life. I am thankful for the blessings of a godly family. I am thankful for my parents who brought me up in church. And I, I've told you this before, but I was very, very heavily uh, involved in drugs as a young person, as a 
even a child, I got in, into drugs. Some of you probably didn't know that. If you did, you probably wouldn't want to come to church here. But my parents drugged me to church. Sometimes I didn't want to go, but they drugged me. I'm thankful that they did. Amen. I'm thankful that my parents cared enough about because they had found something about this God rule. And they had found a treasure. And they knew that I wasn't old enough or wise enough or smart enough to be able to discern the value. So they tried to help me discover and appreciate what I had been brought into. And I want to tell you this morning that I am thankful for the church of the living God. I am thankful that I have always had an altar to come to. I am thankful that I've always had a church that I could come and lift my hands and I could call upon God and I could, I could touch God and God could touch me in my life. Thank God for the kingdom. Thank God for being acquainted with it. But somewhere in life I had to discover that for myself. As a young person grappling with the things of God and grappling with an understanding of truth. I wanted to know that for myself. And so one day, all alone in our home in Wichita Falls, I was back in my bedroom and I had my Bible out on my bed and nobody else was at home, just me and the Lord. And I was as earnest as I knew how. And I said, God, I've been raised in this I've heard all about the oneness of the Godhead. I've heard about the mighty God in Christ. But I don't know that I really understand what, what all I'm hearing. But I know that if I'm going to make it, I've got to get that in my heart. I can't make this off of my parents' religion or my parents' experience. I want my own experience. I want my own understanding And I will never forget as God began to take me through His Word and Scripture began to unfold to Scripture and truth unfold to truth. And all of a sudden, I saw it in my own mind and in my own limited way of of viewing life as a teenager. I saw it. And when I saw it, I jumped up from the side of the bed and I started screaming at the top of my voice, I see it, I see it. And I started running through the house. I was so excited that I had discovered the truth of God's Word for my life. How long has it been since you've been excited about what you found? Oh, How long has it been since the thrill of the treasure has caused your heart to leap? Oh, thank you, God, for the word. Thank you for sharing that word. Thank you for giving me that word. Thank you for helping me have enough understanding to be able to receive that word. Thank you, God, that in spite of everything that's tried to derail my life, that word still keeps coming back to me. It still keeps speaking to me. It still keeps calling me. It draws me. It ministers to me. It heals me. It delivers me. It sanctifies my life. Thank you, God, for that word. Thank you for the treasure that I found in that word and in your kingdom. The value of this is far beyond rubies. It's far beyond anything that I could 
put a number to what God has given to me? What, what kind of price tag can you put on sins forgiven? What kind of price tag can you put on a life healed or a life restored or a mind that's been renewed? What kind of price tag can you put on a life that's been broken and God begins to put it back together and make it whole? I've seen a young man years past who came to the church. His life was so broken and he was, his mind was so spent because he had been on drugs and had experimented with so many things that he could hardly hold a conversation. He, we called him the space cadet because he, he was just out there. His mind was so burnt. But I watched him as he kept coming. He would sit on the front row and he would hear the preaching. And there were times you'd look at him and you'd think, he doesn't, he doesn't even know where he's at. He don't know if he's here or there or wherever. But I watched God as God's word began to penetrate that veil in his mind. I watched him as God began to touch that mind that drugs had warped and drugs had clouded. I watched God as he began to clear all of that out of that mind. I watched God over the process of years call that young man into the ministry. I watched him leave that church and go into a full-time ministry preaching the Word of God. Where did it happen? It happened in a church. It happened where there was a treasure that had been found that was of such value that you cannot put a price tag. What kind of price can you put on God putting back together a broken heart? And how many of us have been healed over and over and over of brokenness? How many times have we come to the end of ourself and God showed us that there was a way through, and God took us through. How many times have we, like Israel, been at a Red Sea, mountains on both sides and the enemy coming up on our back, and the only way we can go is to the water, and there's no way, but God said, stretch forth the rod. And Moses stretched forth the rod, and the waters parted, and Moses and Israel found a pathway through the watery sea. God has done it over and over again. What a treasure. What a treasure we have found in his kingdom. We have found a way maker. We have found a healer. We have found a deliverer. We have found a God who loves and loves and loves and loves and gives and gives and gives and gives. When God rules, you discover that there are some things that are worth selling your all for. There's some things that are worth selling out for. And this is it. You know, I've never regretted anything I've ever given to God. I've never regretted any sacrifice I've ever made for God. I've never gone through life and looked back and said, man, I wish I hadn't done that. Now, there are times I've gone through life and wish back, I look back and said, I wish I had have done that because... I see where it could have led me, but I've never done anything for God and looked back on my life and said, man, that was a mistake. 
everything I've ever done for God, every gift, every sacrifice, every amount of energy, every amount of strength that I have given to Him, God has given back to me far more in blessings and mercy and grace and strength. And God has over and over and over and over blessed me more than I have ever been able to bless Him. When he said give and it shall be given, he meant that. And he meant the rest of that as well. Give and it shall be given. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. When God rules, there is that discovery of what really matters. I'm amazed at how many people are wasting their life today on things that don't matter. They... As my dad used to say, things that don't matter to a hill of beans, whatever that means. But they will spend their life going after things that don't matter. Trying to catch the elusive dream and miss the treasure that is right there in their presence. God, help me to have the discernment of knowing what it is that I possess. How many times have we sat around the church and become critical of it and we start carping and griping and mumbling and grumbling about the church because it ain't this and it's not that and it didn't do this and it didn't do that when the truth is the church has given us every opportunity to be the best person we can be. There's no place that I've ever been where I could climb higher than I have found in the church of the living God. Why would I want to gripe and complain about a church? Oh, I know there are imperfect people here. I know there are flaws in all of us. But that's not what the church is. The church is the sacrifice and the giving of a gift that God initiated. That's what I celebrate. And I'm just thankful that He let people like us be a part of it. And my focus is not going to be on people. My focus is going to be on God and His grace and His gift to me. What a treasure. What a treasure. How many of you really value the church today? How many of you are really thankful for the church of the living God today? How many of you really feel that in your heart this morning, that you're thankful that you had a place to go to this morning? Hallelujah. Come on, go ahead and express that. It's okay. You don't have to lift up your voice and tell him, God, thank you. Thank you that I have found that treasure. That, I, that when I let you rule in my life, you brought a treasure into my life that is of such great value. When God rules, there is a discovery that leads to true happiness. You cannot find happiness anywhere else than in the church of the living God. I know, again, that's contrary to conventional wisdom because Bud Light will tell you you can find it there. Jack Daniels will tell you you can find it there. And marijuana and crack cocaine will tell you you can find it there. But the truth is, it's a lie. It's a lie. You can't find it there. You can't find it in a bottle. You can't find it in a pill. You can't find it on the internet. You can't find it in another relationship. 
The only place you can find true happiness is in the church of the living God. In the kingdom of God. That's where true happiness can be found. The reason that people are frustrated this morning is because they are reaching and searching for happiness and they're searching for it in all the wrong places. If you'll just wake up this morning, you're sitting in the happiest place there should be on the face of the earth. This is where true happiness can be found. The Bible said that when he found the treasure for joy, for joy, he went and sold all that he had that he could purchase that field. Happiness is worth it. Amen. That kind of happiness is. But they discovered a happiness that could be found nowhere else. And when God rules, there is a discrimination that comes to your life to know what really counts, and it knows the difference between the good and the best. Amen. And I want to spend a little time on that thought before I let you go. When God rules, there is a certain discrimination that comes to a person's life where they, they, they understand that there are good things in life, but there is the best. And when the man who sought goodly pearls, I want to, I want to applaud him that he had, he had the discernment to not just go after anything. I do have to applaud the man that he was after goodly pearls. But he was also wise enough to know that there was something that was even better than good. And that was the one, the one pearl of great price. There is something about God when he rules in our life that brings to us a certain discrimination. And we understand that there are a lot of good things in life, but there's only one thing that's worth giving your life for. Amen. There's only one thing worth giving your life for, and that's Him. When you have that discernment, you will know the difference between just good and the best. I don't know about you, but I don't want to spend my life and come to the end of it and realize that I've spent it in vain. I want to know when I have come to the end of my life that I have done the best that I could. I want the best, not just in this life, but in the life to come. And when I allow him to rule in my life, it helps me to discern in life between the good and the best. And a lot of people are hooked on good when God's trying to give them the best. There are a lot of good people in this world, but good people are going to be lost. Amen. I hope I'm not boring you this morning. I'm talking about when God rules. Amen. When God rules. When God rules, there is that discrimination in the search. He gave himself to the search of goodly things, but when he found the best, he recognized it. I had to ask myself this morning again, Lord, do I recognize the best when it's available? Do I have enough discernment and spiritual 
knowledge or wisdom about my life that when life is throwing things at me that I can part with the good and save the best? Do I have enough discernment about my life that I don't spend my life on things that don't matter or things that will not last, but I give myself to that which will last for eternity? That's what I want is the best. Be true to what is highest. That's what God wants me to do, to be true to that which is best and not be lost in just good living I want the best life. Amen. I want the best life. The best bargain that I ever made in my life is when I sold out to Him. And when God rules, you don't mind selling out. Amen. When I traded my sin for His forgiveness, what a trade. When I traded my unrighteous filthy rags for his righteousness. What a trade. When I traded my brokenness for his wholeness. What a trade. Is there anybody here this morning that knows anything about what I'm talking about? That's what can be found in the kingdom of God. Wholeness, healing, deliverance. And if you don't know anything about that, I invite you to let your eyes be opened today by the Spirit that's in this place and be drawn to that which really matters and be drawn to that which counts for eternity. Let's stand together. The crowning possession of his life was not many things, but one thing. This one thing I do, Paul said, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching for those things that are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. Paul had been an accomplished religious man. He knew letters. He knew the law. He knew a lot about God or at least he thought he did. Until one day on a Damascus road, a light shined that he had never seen before. It was so bright that it blinded him. He fell from his ride and to the ground. And when he rose up, there were scales he could not see. Knowing something had happened. (laughs) Knowing that he was involved in a divine encounter. The question that he asked. Who art thou, Lord? Isn't it amazing? He knew. He knew all the time who it was. Who art thou, Lord? And the voice that answered said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It's hard to kick against the pricks. It's hard to kick against the goads. What he's saying is, Paul, why do you keep fighting me? You, 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 you say you want the best. You say you want the blessed life. You say you want a better life. You're not going to find it where you've been looking. But if you'll look to me, if you'll look my way, Go to a street called straight 
And there will be somebody that will come and tell you what to do. And so they take him to that street called Straight. On the other side, God's talking to his preacher, Peter. He lets a sheet down with unclean things and tells him to eat. And Peter said, oh no, I, I can't do that. I have rules. I have regulations. And the Lord said, don't call unclean what I have cleansed. Eat. God began to speak to him and show him what he was going to need to do. You're going to go down to a street called Straight. And you're going to tell one Paul what he's got to do to find the best life. Hmm. Thank God somebody told him. I'm glad somebody showed me the door. Amen. I'm thankful that somebody brought me into the house of God. Because while I was there, I I discovered the value of it. I, I discovered the wealth of this place. I embraced His forgiveness and His love and His mercy and His grace and His goodness. And I I found His love. I wonder if you just reach over and take somebody by the hand right now and pray with me. God, let your will be done today.